Over his 34-year career, my husband has authored over 50 published articles, along with several books, videos, and audio training programs on the subject of network marketing. He's also been repeatedly recognized as one of the top network marketing trainers in the world. In June of 2011, he was invited to visit our company's home office. He was so impressed with what he saw that he decided that day to walk away from his lucrative speaking and consulting career and got started as a team of one. Today, that team of one has grown to over 200,000 customers, associates, managers, directors, executives, and millionaires in 17 countries. Today, my husband and I work together and we are extremely grateful to have been recognized as the number one income earners for our company worldwide. But what I'm most excited about today is that thanks to podcast technology, you can learn the leadership skills, the leadership lessons that will help you grow your own world-class team. With that in mind, let the man who's been teaching others about leadership for decades share what he's been teaching with you. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to introduce my business partner and the love of my life, my husband, Michael S. Klaus. Well, here we are again, already up to episode number two. Today, we're going to be really diving into one of my favorite subjects. But before we do, I just want to remind all of you that these lessons in leadership are designed to build one on top of the next on top of the next. Like putting up a structure, we have to start with the foundation. And there's nothing really all that interesting about digging a hole and putting in the concrete foundation. But boy, if we don't get that right, we're not going to have much of a permanent structure. And so we need to make sure we have the foundation laid properly. So please make sure that you've started with episode 000, the purpose of lessons in leadership, and that you understand who this message is for. Also make sure that you've listened to the very first episode and you understand that leadership not only begins with a decision, but you can accept and appreciate how we're defining leadership moving forward. That leadership is helping others do what you're doing, one step at a time. If you've not listened to those in order, please go back and do that first. They're both short, but again, I really want to make sure you have that foundation laid in first. Now, if you did listen to episode one, where we talked about leadership begins with a decision, you might remember toward the end of it, I maybe teased you just a little bit when I mentioned that I would be revealing on this episode, episode 002, why too many people quit this profession too soon and the steps you can take to ensure your success despite what other people think, say, or do. So on this podcast, we're going to continue our conversation with another fundamental truth. Specifically, today we're going to be talking about how leaders view time and commitment. Those are two really big aspects of life, and they're also really big aspects of your network marketing business time and commitment. So first of all, let's really talk about time. Now, I'm really not going to spend a lot of time reminding you that there are 24 hours in the day. That would be silly. I'm not going to spend a lot of time reminding you that you're probably already leading a very busy life. That's called obvious. I mean, I don't know what you did yesterday, but odds are good you found a way to 
spend every second of every minute of every hour until it was gone. Unlike money in your wallet or your purse, you can't hold on to time. It is forever moving forward, whether we like it or not. And if you've got young kids and you've watched them grow up to turn into adults, to end up marrying and having children of their own, wow, oh wow, can you appreciate how rapidly time goes by. I mean, it surprises me even to this day. It's really crazy. So where is the challenge? And where is the lesson today for us in leadership when it comes to dealing with time? Well, I want to remind you of two things. Uh, back years ago, when I did my very first CD program that was generic and live, I recorded it in front of an audience so we could really get the effect. We ended up calling that Building a Better Life. And on that audio program, I really revealed something about the 24-hour day, that if we took that day and broke it down into three segments, we would call those the first eight hours, the second eight hours, and the third eight hours. Now, don't get hung up on the exact number or the sequence. Just really grasp the concept here, say the 10,000-foot overview. And as I shared with my listeners then, and I'll share with you here today, that whole idea really helps us understand time. Because most of us, when we're introduced to the network marketing profession, most of us, certainly me in the very beginning, probably you too, hey, maybe even you right now, nothing wrong with that, most of us had a job. We were looking for a way to maybe earn more money, which is what opened our mind to the possibilities of doing this, but we still had to get up and go to work and earn a living for our families. And that's never really going to change. If we could fast forward a dozen years, I'll promise you the majority of the people who will be joining your team at any given moment in time, the majority of those people will be working. So sharing with them the concept of the second eight hours is critically important. Or, of course, you could just refer them to this podcast and let technology do some of the work for you. So how does the concept of the 24-hour day in these three segments play into our conversation today on time? Well, the first eight hours we're going to use to metaphorically define how we earn a living for our family. Most people that are working tend to work about an eight-hour day. Now, again, don't get hung up on the highlights here or the technicalities. You say, oh, I work 10-hour days, four days a week. You're missing the point. Or, you know, what if I work overtime? Don't get caught up on the details. You're, you just look at this from the 10,000-foot level. So we have the first eight hours. That's when you go to work to earn the money to feed your family. Now, the third eight hours, we'll jump over the second for a moment, that's when you rest your body. Sleep is so incredibly important, and whether you're one of those people who feels you can get by on five hours, we'll get to you in a few episodes, but whether you think you can get by on five hours or you need a solid eight or nine or ten, again, from the concept of our conversation, we're going to refer to the third eight hours as the time you rest your body. So what's left over? We're taking a large part of the day, a third of it, to feed our family at least five days a week. We're taking at least a third of it, seven days a week, to rest our bodies, the sleeping part. But every single day, we have the second eight hours. Now, it doesn't matter to me if you're working days, if you're working swing, or if you're working graveyard. Again, don't miss the point. What matters is from the time you get off work until the time you go to bed, and from the time you get up from bed 
until the time you have to go back to work, we're going to refer to that period of time, or maybe those two periods of time, collectively as the second eight hours. Everyone has a second eight-hour block. The richest man on earth has a second eight-hour block. The poorest urchin on the planet has a second eight-hour block if they have a job and they're resting their body as well. And so too, you and I have a second eight-hour block. The benefit here, of course, is that because we all have that second eight hours, what we want to do is be able to figure out how we're going to utilize some of that time, borrow it from wherever it's currently going, and we're going to reinvest it over here so that over time, what we're earning from the investment of the second eight hours can overtake or overcome our full-time income. Now, when that happens, and it does happen for people that really put in the time, the effort, and the energy, and learn how to professionally build a very successful team, when those people take over their earnings, in other words, they're making more money working part-time within their network marketing business than they are working full-time on their job, and they've done that for six consecutive months or more, now they have the opportunity of deciding if they want to pursue that line of work anymore. Maybe for them it's time to actually walk away from what they're doing and pursue this full time. Wonderful. Hey, now you have two blocks during the day. You have the first eight hours and the second eight hours to really build your business. Or you have what a lot of us are looking forward to, some time freedom. To really be able to spend more time with the kids, to go to the park, to hang out with the people that you care about, and still invest the second eight hour block in continuing to grow your organization. So that's really the concept of the second eight hours. But we need to talk about another aspect of time. And that is that from the time we were really grown or growing up, I, I guess I should say, uh, we've always looked at time really in one dimension, linear. If you ask anyone a question that deals with time, you tend to get a linear response. If I said to you, for example, how long have you been working at your current job? I would typically get a linear response. I've been here eight months, I've been here eight years, I've been here, you get the idea. If you're in a relationship, say you're married, I say, how long have the two of you been married? A linear response. We've been married for 10 years, 20 years, whatever it happens to be. If I ask if you have children and you say yes, how old are your children? What do I typically get in return? A linear response. Little Jimmy is nine, little Mary is 12. And it goes on and on and on. With every facet of our life, how long we've lived in our home, how long we've been attending university, gone to school, whatever it happens to be, it's always the same thing. It's a linear response. Now, in every facet of life that I've ever experienced, that seems to work for us really, really well. That's a problem because it doesn't work here. Now, I'm not asking you to change it in any other facet of your life. Remember what I said, it works in every other facet of life I've ever seen. It just doesn't work here. So what do we need to do? Well, we need to start thinking along the lines of our network marketing business or the network marketing profession in a different measuring capacity of time. We need to think about how we measure time differently. Because in network marketing, it's not about how long. It's not about how many days you've been involved, how many weeks, months, or years. It's not about how long. It's about how many. Now, let me say that again, because I really want that to sink in. In the network marketing profession, 
in our company, specifically, again, on our team. And if you listen to episode 000, the purpose of this lessons in leadership, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say on our team. The people who are here building on our team, those individuals need to understand that it's not about how long they're here. It's about what they do while they are here. It's not about how long, it's about how many, whenever you're involved in the space of network marketing. So what does that really mean? Well, oftentimes, we are not favorably contrasting or comparing this new venture with something that we should be contrasting or comparing it to. No, you go to work, you're making $30,000 a year or $30,000 a month, whatever it happens to be or anywhere in between, and you get involved here and you think, okay, 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 maybe I can do something here. And then you go out and you start at the bottom and you're out trying to learn the skills and share this information and it's as I mentioned, messy at first, and all of a sudden, what begins to occur? Well, you think of quitting because you're not getting a very good return. After all, you can go to work and earn X, and you come over here, and you don't seem to be earning anything, not even a fraction of X. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, Bob, how long have you been doing this? You're like, well, I've been doing this for a year. Okay, maybe you enrolled a year ago, but how long have you actually been doing this? It's not about 365 days. Again, we have to stop thinking how long, and we have to start thinking how many. Let me see if I can illustrate this by giving you a story of two individuals that, although this story is made up just for the purposes of illustrating my point, they are very real individuals in my mind because I've met people like this more times than I care to admit. Now again, I've made up the numbers here, but I've made up the numbers based upon our reality. I've made up the dollar amounts based upon what someone would actually be earning doing this, and I want to tell you a story so that you can really relate to this premise of stop thinking how long, start thinking how many. Let me tell you the story of Mary and David. Now, they both get involved at the same time, and for sake of conversation, we'll just suggest they both had the same enroller who knew what they were doing, who took the time to teach and train them. In other words, we're trying to level the playing field as best we can. I don't want you to get caught up in thinking, well, maybe Mary had a better head start, David not so much, and that's the difference. For purposes of our illustration, no. All things are equal at the start. So what happens? Well, Mary hears a leadership principle because she's listening to this podcast or because you shared it with her and she happened to be on this very one and heard it where I talked about really how we want to go out and make contacts. This simple way of taking this concept of the second eight hours, borrowing some of that time and beginning to reach out and share the gift of your company's story with those who might listen to it favorably. Mary, because she's busy, she's married, she's got a family, she's got a job. She has all these crazy things going on in her life. Mary has limited time. But when she finds out that if she can consistently apply a simple formula, she gets excited. Now, when you hear the formula, it, it doesn't sound like it's going to do much. And remember, I'm only trying to illustrate a point. If you want to build faster than Mary, I encourage it. In fact, I support it. If you're not able to do what Mary's able to do, just understand this is not about how long it takes you to climb to the top of the mountain. This is about continuing the climb until 
you get to the top of the mountain. Because when you get to the top of the mountain, you will probably have taken the same number of steps as the person who might have gotten there significantly faster. Again, how many steps is the illustration, not how long it took you to climb it. I hope I've made my point. So Mary gets involved in the business, and what's the little simple formula she heard? Well, like a recipe, Mary heard if you make two new contacts a day, four days a week, that will really serve you over time. Mary thinks, is that possible? Two new contacts a day, four days a week? But she sits down and she does the calculations. Well, two contacts a day, four days a week, that would be eight new contacts in a week. There's usually four weeks in a month, so that would be 32 new contacts in a month. And typically for my first 90 days, and we're just going to talk about the first 90 days, Mary realizes, wow, I need to reach out to just under 100 people. For the left brain firstborn individuals, that would be 96. If Mary is following this formula to the T, two contacts a day, four days a week, that's eight contacts in a week, four weeks in a month, 32. Three full months later, Mary has reached out to almost 100 people, 96. So how about David? Well, David's been around for the same amount of time, but David has a different way of looking at things. David wants to have a a perfect, literally a just absolutely spectacular product experience first. I mean, after all, if David can't convince himself that this is a good idea, he probably shouldn't be sharing it with his family or his friends. So David decides to act in a way that makes absolutely no sense in any other facet of his life because no one has shared with him this information which is why David should have been listening to this podcast. Because what is David thinking? He's thinking, I need to get on the products and I need to lose some weight. That's my goal. So I'll try it. I'll see if it works. But, you know, giving it a week or two, that wouldn't be fair. So what I'll do is I'll really try this. So the first month, David has an amazing experience. You think, okay, well, he's certainly ready to go now. Oh, no, 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 no. That could have been a fluke. Want to make sure. So David moves into month number two. David has a really good time. David moves into month number three. And David is now absolutely convinced this is amazing and so he's been getting ready to get ready now for 90 days and we're hoping now maybe David will do something we'll come back to David in just a moment let me talk with you though about how we really behave in the real world how many people truthfully behave like David when it comes to the normal aspects of life How many times have you ever heard of a new restaurant opening and thought, hey, this would be a great place to go with the Johnsons. We should call them and say if they want to go with us. So do you think, well, no, wait a minute. We can't invite the Johnsons to go to a restaurant we've never gone to ourselves. What if the food isn't any good? What if the service is poor? What if somebody gets sick because it isn't a sanitary restaurant? All kinds of things could go on here. You know, my reputation is too valuable to invite the Johnsons to come here unless we've checked this out. So I think what I'll do is about three, four, five times over the next couple of months, I'll go to this restaurant kind of, you know, incognito, kind of, you know, this covert operation. Yes, that's what I'll do. I'll go maybe in the afternoon. I'll go maybe on a Friday when it's busy. I'll make sure the food is always consistent and the service is always good and the prices are fair and reasonable. And then just to make sure that we're not taking the Johnsons to a place that really would not be appropriate, I'm going to contrast and compare this restaurant to other restaurants in the area that are similar. This happens to be a little Mexican cantina and we like Mexican food and, and we do like Mexican food. 
I mean, I'm sure glad the expression you are what you eat isn't true because, you know, I mean, I would be Chinese one week and Japanese one week and I'd be Mexican for the majority of my life. I love Mexican food. The beautiful part about this is David is not behaving in the real world the way he's trying to behave here in his business. So if he did go out and if he checked all of these restaurants out and then finally went to the Johnsons and said, hey, listen, about three months ago, this little restaurant opened down the street, but you know, I wouldn't invite you there without checking it out. So, you know, I've been going, my wife and I've been going, we've been doing this three, four, five times, and we're now absolutely convinced it's worthy of consideration. How would you like to go with us on Friday night? Your friends, the Johnsons, would think you'd lost your mind. They would think, give your head a shake if you happen to be in Canada, one of their favorite expressions. They would say, what are you thinking here in America? What's going on with David? We don't behave that way. Who hears about the blockbuster movie and says, hey, 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 I can't invite my friends. Do you know what it costs to go see a movie? My goodness, I'm going to have to go check every cinema in town, make sure I've got the one that has the best Dolby surround sound music, has the freshest popcorn, the easiest and most convenient parking, and really has that screen you just want to see so that when you're sitting there watching this epic blockbuster, you can really feel like you're getting your money's worth. I've got to check all of these places out first before I take my friends. Who behaves that way? And the answer is no one, or at least no one normal. So why do we lose our minds when we come here? And I think the only reasonable explanation that I have is no one had this conversation with us to remind us of how to introduce something to someone without taking the relationship south. Listen, little sidebar to our conversation, it's just called full disclosure. All you need to say to your friends, the Johnsons, listen, we found something. We think it's a good idea. My wife and I are excited. We're going to get involved. We thought of you because, beautiful expression, by the way, we thought of you because, then let them know what is the reason that you thought of them. What's after the word because? We thought of you because. And when you sit down and you share or you send them something to preview and they say, well, tell me all about it, there really isn't much to say. We found it has a 30-day money-back guarantee. We're willing to try it. Listen, we've taken things back to nice department stores. We've taken things back to other places. You probably have too. We've gone to some places and had an experience. Wasn't so great. You know, we survived. When they told us if we didn't like it, we could return it, we thought, hey, what do we have to lose? Let's just give it a go and see what happens. And then we thought it'd be much more enjoyable to experience it with you. So reason we're calling is just to see, do you want to try it with us? Or you just want to watch us and we can let you know what happens. All you have to really do is create full disclosure and everything is fine. But anyway, back to my story. So David doesn't know this because he didn't listen because no one ever shared this information with him. It's not that he's unintelligent or he's just literally so stubborn that he really wants to do things his own way. He just doesn't know. So he's trying to do what seems to be the most reasonable thing he can do absolutely positively prove this to himself first before he shares it with his friends. Now that we've had this conversation and we know that's probably not a very good idea, hey, maybe David would change his mind. But let's go back to our conversation. Mary, she just decided to give full disclosure. Mary just told her friends, hey, I'm excited. I don't know if this will work for you. I don't know if it'll work for me. I can't answer your questions. I've got someone who might be able to, or we can probably figure this out together. Why don't we do it together? It would be fun to do it together. And that continues to grow. So Mary ends up talking to about 24 of those 96 contacts. 
I guess you would say about one out of four are open enough that she can continue that. David, during that three-month time, happens just to mention it to one person. We won't really call that a presentation, more like a little conversation, a little sidebar. Hey, you know, I'm doing this, but uh, I'll let you know how it happens. So what happens to Mary? Well, Mary ends up with about 20% of those people saying yes. So of the 96 contacts that she's made over the first three months of her business, she's actually given presentations or used a tool to give a presentation 24 different times. Of those five people, or about 20% have said yes. David's yeses, zero. Now in our company, Mary would have rank advanced to consultant. In fact, she's probably just about to get to manager. Probably just about to manager. David, David's still an associate. David hasn't really moved off the dime. So what about Mary from an income perspective? Well, of those five people, two of them started with one of our larger packages. She did both of those in a calendar week. She qualified for the double product introduction bonuses and earned $400 there. Then she had two other individuals that joined over two separate weeks that had the smaller packages. So she earned $25 on each one of those for a total of 50. She had one person who took advantage of a promotion that was happening at that moment in time where they could start with what they wanted. She ended up earning just a small commission, about $10, helping them get started with a product mix that was right for them. She got a rank advancement bonus too. She qualified for a little promotion going on, made an extra $150 for helping her first two people. She cycled twice. Those of you in our company understand what that means. Those of you that are part of our business understand what that means. And those of you that aren't, but are part of the network marketing community, she earned a commission based upon the revenue or the business volume that was generated. That totaled about $110. So for the first three months of her business, Mary has earned $720. Now, if you sat down with Mary and you said, hey, Mary, how are the products working for you? They're great. I love them. How's the business working for you? Well, you know, it's, um, it's starting off okay. You know, I've been talking to two people a day, about four days a week, about eight people every week. About 32 people every month, almost 100 people now. I mean, 100 sounded to me like a really large number, but two people a day, four, four days a week. When I understood the concept of the second eight hours, I thought, hey, I can, I can do that. I can move some of my screen time, my television time, my computer time, my dropout time on Instagram or Facebook. I can move some of that over, and I can just have some fun with this. And if this thing takes off, wow, that could be really good for our family. So if you did a little mental attitude checkup with Mary at this moment in time, about 90 days in, Mary's feeling like, hey, you know what? I, th I think I can do this. This is kind of fun. Now, what about David? Well, David has proven that the products work, but David really doesn't know what he's supposed to do about it. I mean, after all, if he starts reaching out to people, how long will it take before they're ready to say yes? David is going to have a painfully slow start to growing his business, if he grows it at all. So where's David's mental attitude at this moment in time? Pretty much he wants to quit. Nothing's really happened. And when people come along and they see David, and they talk to David, and David says, you know, I've been doing this for a, a whole season, been doing this all summer, been involved for the last three months, don't really have anything to show for it. In fact, you know what would be even worse for David? If David happened to decide to go to a little, a little celebration, 
pretend a little event. Now you think, why would that be bad for David? Well, because most of it is just a mental decision. It could be very good for David. Don't get me wrong. It could absolutely fire him up and, and, and redirect him, refocus, realign him. Could. But if David goes there and he's sitting in the chairs with his arms crossed and Mary gets up to tell her story and Mary says, started this about 90 days ago and in my first 90 days I made $720. Been talking to two people a day about four days a week. You know, it sounds like a lot, 100 people over 90 days, but when you break it down and you incorporate it into the second eight hours, it's really not that much. And all of a sudden David is like, man, $720, you know what? My friends were right. This is not for me. And before we know it, David has quit. And here's the crazy part. Because we all have at a very deep level a desire to be congruent with what we're doing and what we're saying, we want to be congruent. Because David now needs to be congruent. Not only does he quit the business, he quits the products. It's just the way it is. I wish there was a better answer for you, but I'm telling you, if you want to ensure your success, despite what other people think, say, or do, here's what you need to do. Get involved right now. You will figure this out as you go. Emerson's words should ring true in your mind from day one. Emerson said, and I quote, if you do the thing, you will have the power. What does that mean? Well, it means that most of us would like to take that expression and spin it, on, spin it on its ear. We're saying, hey, give me the power. Give me the authority. Give me the knowledge. Give me the skills. Give me the ability to lead. Give me all of that first. Then I'll really do something with this. No, it doesn't work that way here. Do the thing and you will have the power. When Mary reached out to her first two contacts, Mary was doing the thing. When she reached out to her second, and then her third, and her fourth, and all the way up to Mary's first 100 contacts, Mary was doing the thing. They didn't all express an interest. In fact, according to this little conversation, three quarters of the people didn't express an interest at all. And I'll promise you this, if you called every single person in your contact list and invited them to Blockbuster film and you wanted to go Friday night, I'll promise you probably three quarters of the people wouldn't want to go either. The timing is wrong. They don't like the movie. They don't or don't see themselves affording it. They've got kids. Who's going to sit them? They'd give you every reason in the book, but they wouldn't show up. This is called life. But Mary was out there following Emerson's advice. Do the thing and you'll have the power. That's what she kept reminding herself. Do the thing and you'll have the power. Do the thing. What does that mean? It means reach out to people, two people a day, four days a week. Do that consistently over time and Share the gift when you have the opportunity over time. Let people know, listen, if this works for you, wonderful. I don't want to be your hero if it works for you. It's worked for a lot of people. Company's been around since 2002. Worked for a lot of people. Billions of dollars of these products have been shipped all over the world. Worked for a lot of people. But I don't want to be your hero if it works for you. You know what else? I don't want to be the villain if it doesn't. I don't want this to affect our friendship. If this doesn't work for you or if this just isn't your thing, you can step up, package it back or, or put it back in the package, turn it back in. You can send it back. They'll give you your money back. Listen, if you have full disclosure like Mary did, you can move through this in the very beginning without knowing too much at all. And yet, if you have this philosophy, this 
this concept, this idea of time, and you'll do the thing and you'll have the power, everything then will take care of itself. So when it comes to time, leaders know it's not about how long, it's about how many. So what about the second facet of our conversation today? How leaders view time, well, we've discussed that, but what about how leaders view commitment? Well, first of all, what is commitment? I mean, you could go look it up in the dictionary if you'd like, just like you could leadership, but you know, we've already decided for purposes of our profession, leadership is going to be defined as helping others do what you're doing one step at a time. So if you want them on the products, you need to be on the products. If you want them to attend the events, you need to attend the events. If you want them to be listening to this podcast, you need to be listening to this podcast. If you want them to be out there in the marketplace contacting a couple of people every day or more, you need to be out there in the marketplace every day contacting two people or more. Again, helping others do what you're doing one step at a time. So that's our definition. What's our definition of commitment? It's doing the thing you said you would do. Period. You know, if we were over in Britain, I think they would say, full stop. That would be it. We're done. Doing the thing you said you would do. If you said you're going to do this, then do this. Just keep your word. But here's what leaders also know. We can't ask people, especially brand new people, to make a commitment when they really don't have anything to contrast or to compare it to. So we have to help them with a progressive commitment. And I'm going to ask you to consider doing the same. So what does that mean? Well, I think you know in the real world, we progressively educate children. I mean, after all, if your son or daughter is about five years of age, they're probably not moving into university. If they are, the end up being on the news and we'll all hear about them. But if they're four or five years of age, they're probably going into kindergarten. And then of course it's first grade, second grade, third grade, unless you're Canadian and it's grade one, grade two, grade three. Wherever you happen to be in the world, we know if you're moving from grade nine or the ninth grade, you're probably going to end up in the 10th grade next year. It's progressive. We all understand that. So how is commitment like leadership, how is it progressive? Well, the very first commitment that you should be willing to make, that all of us should be willing to make, the commitment you should be asking everyone to make is for 90 days. Not 30, not 60, for 90. Try it for a season and let's see how this feels. Let's try it for say the summer, let's try it for the winter, let's try it for the fall. Hey, let's try it through the spring and, and see how this feels. If this doesn't feel right, if this isn't working for you, listen, you can always go back to what you were doing before. But why don't we just try it for a season? Now notice I've been using that word specifically. This is on purpose, it's with intention. The word is try. Not, hey, can I get a 90-day commitment from you? Ooh, that sounds hard, that sounds, um. That sounds like something I'm gonna to have to give some serious consideration to. Let me get back in touch with you after I've spent some time thinking about this. And of course, they'll go home and they'll think about it and they'll say, no, I think I'll just try a little of the product and see what happens. No, there's a lot of research that would indicate the word try is the best word to use if you want to move someone in a different direction. Why don't you just give it a try? And I know what some of you may be thinking, the Star Wars guy, that Yoda, there is no try, only do. Listen, I don't know if you know this or not, 
Yoda isn't a real entity, being, person, whatever. He didn't exist. He is a fictitious character with a line written by somebody in Hollywood, and all of a sudden people grabbed onto this like somehow he's some brilliant being who's babbling out wisdom that we should all take in and, and, and somehow utilize in our life. No. Listen, the best thing you can do is give it a try. That seems easy. It seems reasonable. It seems like something we can do. So let's give it a try for 90 days. So what comes after 90 days? One year. What comes after one year? Five years. And what comes after five years? 20 years. Say 20 years. Listen, when you've been here for five years, you'll know just about everything you need to know to be able to easily make a 20-year commitment. Now, if you're really not so comfortable with that, why don't you just say, well, we'll give it another five and see what happens. But the idea is you really want to cast your vision forward. You really want to get better over time. You really want to specialize in this field. There will always be new opportunities. There will always be new ways to start over. Somebody is thinking right now about starting a network marketing company that will probably be introduced to you in the next 30, 60, 90 days, year, two years, five years, whatever it happens to be. That's okay. Politely say no and continue moving on with your life. You've found your home. You don't need to go looking for another one. Leaders understand this. I've been in the profession now for more than three decades. I had enough knowledge to be able to make what I believe to be a wise choice. I made that wise choice. I made that wise choice in 2011. I'm still here. I'm still excited about that choice. And you should be excited about your choice too. But make sure you make those appropriate decisions, those appropriate commitments moving forward. Because commitment is simply doing the thing you said you would do. So let's get involved for 90 days and see what we can accomplish. And then if we're like Mary, we're probably going, going to want to stretch that out to a year. And if we're probably like David, we may have to adjust our thinking completely or we're going to be gone. The turnover problem in our profession, I do truly believe, would drop dramatically if we would have this conversation before we really started working with anyone. Why don't we just try it for 90 days? Let's take a look at your calendar. Let's take a look at your life. Let's take the, the, the hours and divide the 24 into three segments. Let's see if in the second eight hours we can't find some time to reach out to people that are like-minded like you. Let's see if we can't all collectively start doing this thing together. Let's see if we can't take Emerson's words and do the thing and we'll have the power. Let's see if we can't do that collectively together. Hey, some are going to return it. I'll promise you that. Some are going to use it. They're going to say, this doesn't work. Really? It doesn't work? You mean it doesn't work or, or you didn't follow the instructions or the recipe? In other words, you didn't work it. Because we know what happens when people put these products in their body. You know what happens when people put these products in their body. We need to become a serious student of success. We need to become leaders by, again, helping others do what we're doing one step at a time. So... In conclusion for this particular conversation, let me give you the all-time surefire way to make sure you can actually reduce uh, or you can ensure rather your success despite what other people think, say, or do. Are you ready? Do you really want to ensure your success? 
Do you really want to make sure that you have the opportunity to learn what you need to learn, to grow as a leader, to develop a team second to none, to earn the income that you deserve based upon the efforts that you put forth into the marketplace? Do you really want to achieve success despite what other people think, say, or do? Okay, then if you do, I'm going to ask you to stretch. I'm going to ask you to stretch just beyond what I mentioned earlier about starting at 90 days. And I'm going to ask you to commit to commit right now today to be here, still actively involved a year from now. Now take that phrase, and I'm hoping you will write it down. If you're driving your car while you listen, listen, just remember, this is episode number two. It's at the very tail end of it. When you get home, replay the balance of it, or maybe here's an idea, listen to it again. But write this down and put these words where you can see them every single day until they become part of the fabric of who you are. Here they are. Be here still actively involved a year from now. So what would you do? You'd write down on the paper, I will be here, define here. I will be here still actively involved a year from now. What does it mean to be still actively involved? It means that you don't start and then stop for a while and then start up again and then stop for a while and then start up again and then stop for a while. No, still actively involved. Think tortoise and the hare and remind yourself of who won. The tortoise continued to move forward. The hare had the ability to absolutely crush it, but continued stopping. Now, in a perfect world, we would just teach the hare how to continue running, win the race, and move on with their lives. But that's not the point. The point is consistency over time wins every time. That's what you need to focus on. So remember, even though the salt may be the smallest ingredient in the meal, leaving it out will still ruin everything. So too, these first few lessons may seem small, but trust me, Trust me, trust me, trust me, when properly seasoned into your daily activity and, wish, and when you share this with everyone on your team, these small lessons will make a big difference. Now on our next podcast, I'm going to be talking about structure, how to structure your time, how to work your team, and why knowing where you're going is the first step in getting others to follow your lead. As always, if you've enjoyed this lesson in leadership, please leave a comment or write a review and share it with your team, not necessarily your comment or your review, but share this information with your team so that they know where they can find this. It should be available just about where, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure they're listening too. That being said, until next time, this has been Michael Klaus. Hey, thanks for listening. <music>